Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. How do you stop communism? How do you really stop it? We're going to talk about that today. At the end of our history story, we're going to talk about a scary truth we have to acknowledge about ourselves. I'm looking at this headline about China, and it didn't make me think about China. It made me think about ourselves, and I thought, oh, man, that, yikes. (laughs) We're going to talk about... 
Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi's homes being vandalized. Not that I think you care about that stuff specifically, but I have a huge concern. The Oracle's about to make another prediction, and it's going to be dark. What, Chris? I can refer to myself by my nicknames in the third person. It's a new year. I may refer to myself as Sombrero Jesse. The Shogun. What? What? We have hilarious podcast reviews that I will that I will that I will read today. A mountain of emails. I don't know if I'll get to those. We're gonna talk about finally a decent use for a toupee. Proud of you, buddy. It's Medal of Honor Monday. Remember, every single Monday, every Monday, we read a Medal of Honor citation to honor them. But first, as we always do, nothing's changed here in the year 2021, even though now we're growing extremely rapidly. It's time for us to rewind first and go all the way back to 1920. This is not a World War I story. It's not a World War II story. What it is is fairly interesting, in my opinion, for a variety of reasons. But one of the main reasons is you don't really think about anything that happened in foreign lands between World War I and World War II, do you? Chris is shaking his head. You don't. I don't. You and I only have so much brain space. I mean, granted, yours is much, much less than mine. That's why I have almost three years of community college credits accredited. In all seriousness, we only have, you and I, so much brain information. That's why I don't drown you in details of the stories I tell. It ruins the story. You're uh, trying to memorize the names and the dates and, the, and you miss the actual story, what it's, what it's about. You know high points of history. And you know not necessarily American history because you would probably do some Roaring Twenties, Great Depression stuff in between World War I and World War II, but in foreign lands, it's just there was World War I and then a couple things and then World War II. That's not really true. Not really true. Poland, I find to be a fascinating place, not because of the hilarious Polish jokes that are still floating around out there, which we tell on occasion because the show is inappropriate. And I'll, all right, let's do my first side note. We're about 30 seconds into the show and I'm already getting sidetracked. Remember this, though, about the Polish jokes. Yes, they're hilarious. Yes, you should make them with your friends as often as possible, as you should all inappropriate jokes because that's what life's about. But did you know the Nazis actually started the Polish jokes? It was Nazi propaganda that started the Polish jokes. The Soviets loved it so much, they pushed it on. They pushed it into American Hollywood. They pushed it into the American culture So the American people would think less of the Poles while the Soviets and the Nazis spit-roasted them in World War II. How about that? Anyway, have you ever wondered where that Soviet-Nazi spit-roasting idea came from? Well, things don't happen in a vacuum. 
You remember World War II, Hitler invades from one side, Soviet takes the other side. Poland took it on the chin in World War II badly. Badly. Why? Where'd that come from? Well, it's complicated. In the late 1700s, Poland was a place, but they were a place that was constantly being feasted on by their stronger neighbors, constantly being feasted on. Austria-Hungary, Russia, Germany, they're constantly taking this part of Poland, taking that part of Poland. They're surrounded by people more powerful than they are, and they're just picking at the Poles. And if you're a person, like like one of the main characters in today's story, really the only character I'll talk to you about for the most part, Joseph Pilsudski, and I'm going to screw up that Polish name at some point, but Joseph Pilsudski, he grew up his life, and they had, you know, a family home, and one day you wake up and you're under Polish control, and the next day you wake up and the Russians are in control of it. You and I can't relate to that life, right? I, I certainly cannot. There are people today and throughout history who will live in a certain place and not move and have brand new governments all the time. Complete transitions. If you're a Pole, you're constantly being yanked back and forth. And it's ugly. It's really, really ugly lots of the time. So, World War I happened. And remember this, we do have to talk briefly about World War I in order to talk about what we talk about today. World War I was a major realignment of the world. I get some pushback when I say this. Some people agree with me. Some people disagree. But it is argued, and I argue this, that as far as reshaping the world as you and I know it today, World War I was more consequential than World War II. You know the financial capital of the world today, the United States of America? Woohoo! You know what it was pre World War I? Britain. Then during World War I, that shifted to America as we continued to sell all the goods they needed, and we got really, really rich off of it. The Russia. Russia becoming the Soviet Union. Communist revolution. How did that happen? I mean, and what is bigger for the 20th century than the communist revolution and the spread of communism, which we're going to talk a lot about today? What's bigger than that? I mean, nothing. Think about think about 100 million people murdered by communism in the 20th century alone. Where did that happen? How did that happen? World War One. That's how that happened. You see, huge shifts took place. Austria-Hungary. Have you ever visited Austria-Hungary in your life? No, you haven't because it doesn't exist anymore because of things like World War I. After World War I, there was a situation between Russia and Poland, and the situation was this. You see, they had this gigantic Russian Revolution, 1917. Russia pulls out of World War I because the commies, Lenin, and all those scumbags start taking over. 
The czar abdicates his throne. You know this story. But what happens a lot is when we talk about the Russian Revolution, we just say that, and that's the extent to which we cover it. Oh, there was a Russian Revolution and the communists took over. No. It was long and bloody, and there were many factions fighting for control of Russia. The commies didn't just walk in and take over. And that produced something else in Poland. I'll tell you what that something else is and why I'm very concerned about homes being vandalized. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Doctors trusted CBD company made my life easier. And it's not just, not just the CBD. And look, I choose CBD because natural medicines, holistic healing approaches, these things are known to help alleviate the things that plague all of us. I mean, joint pain sleeplessness, anxiety. That's the reason I choose CBD. But Doctors Trusted CBD made my life easier because they went out and researched the entire industry to find the best. That's why they teamed up with Be Best Organics, which is made in the USA and USDA certified organic. You only get the best products at DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. When you do that, that gets you 5% off and a free lip balm. Remember, it's Medal of Honor Monday today. We will read a Medal of Honor citation later on in the show. We got Michael Malice coming up next hour. Always has something interesting to say. You know we're going to hear his take on cops as the right is starting to turn on cops. It's going to be quite a show. But back to this quick Russian Revolution thing. Remember, this was not, it wasn't 30 seconds. The czar abdicated and the commies took over and that was it. No, no, it was bloody, bloody battles, bloody wars being fought. And Russia was hurting before that because of World War I, because Russia was trying to modernize and it was being mismanaged. Essentially, Russia, the constant big bear juggernaut that it has been throughout history, was having some down years. Empires, even powerful ones, have down years. Sometimes they come back. Sometimes it's the end. You just don't know. But Russia was having some downtime post-World War I. Germany having a bit of a rough patch after World War I, which famously led to World War II. Poland, they're looking around. Remember, they've been feasted on by these bigger countries, and they've lost territory and lost territory and lost territory. They're looking around post-World War I and saying to themselves, 
well, what's stopping us from taking it all back right now? What is stopping us from going after the commies? Because Poland was very concerned about communism. They said to themselves, well, we can sit back and we can let the commies finish their takeover and then turn their hungry eyes towards us, or we can go after them. We can aggressively attack preemptively. And that might make you uncomfortable, doesn't it? It, A lot of this is from our Western sensibility, a lot of which is wrong. I, I I would never hit somebody unless I was hit first. Well, that's stupid. You know how you win a fight? You hit first and you hit hard. Oh, I've seen... I've seen the old Western black and white movies. I, I grew up watching The Rifleman. And he would never he would never shoot at somebody unless somebody shot at him first. Ah, that's a good way to get killed. Better off shooting first. Poland decides they're going to be aggressive. They're led, like I said earlier, by a man, Joseph Pilsudski. If I'm saying that name wrong and you're a Pole... Feel free to email me. I'm not going to say sorry, but I'm sure I screwed it up. (laughs) Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And he is a man with a history. His history was his family was fine, but they were oppressed by the czar, oppressed by the Russians. And when I say oppressed, I mean at one point in time, Joseph Pilsudski was arrested for a plot to murder the czar, only he wasn't in on the plot. His brother was. He wasn't. But when you're the czar, you make all the rules. He arrests Joseph and sends him to Siberia for exile for five years. He has to spend one night in 40 degrees below zero outside, it almost killed him. That kind of weather affected his health for the rest of his life. He's beaten till his teeth fall out. This is a human being who hated Russia. Hatred. His family hated the Russian Orthodox Church. Real hatred. So... He decides, it's 1920, Lenin and the commies are busy fighting the white army. That was another faction in Russia during the revolution. He decides, it's on, baby. You know what, Russia? I don't like this territory you've taken from us. I'm going to take some back. And he starts invading, Pilsudski starts invading these areas that had been taken from the Poles over the years by the Germans, by the Austria-Hungarians, by the Russians. He's storming into Ukraine, Lithuania, parts of them, and saying, oh, guess what? This is ours again now. Sorry. It's awesome. He just decides he's done with it. Lenin, even though he's in the middle of this fight with the White Army, starts to get extremely concerned about Polish aggression and tells his military leader, a man you may have heard of by the name of Trotsky, points to Trotsky and says, uh, okay, it's time to put a stop to this. These Poles are apparently getting way, way, way out of control. It's time to put a stop to it. 
He is warned time and again, Lenin is, by the people around him. Buddy, we do not have the resources right now to go fighting the Poles until we finish fighting the rest of the Russians. We are not in complete control yet. It is time to slow your roll. But Lenin was the communist communist. And what have I taught you time and again about leftists, whether it be Lenin or your American history professor? What have I taught you about communists? They never, ever look at something and say to themselves, let's not go there. Why do you think they've taken over the Boy Scouts? Why do you think they took over the churches, the military? Because you and I sat back and thought, well, those are, uh, you know, sacred institutions. And I mean, they don't, they don't have any reason to go there, right? I mean, they're, they see a reason to go everywhere. They've taken over math in places like Seattle. I'm not making that up. Math now has cultural Marxism built into it. Right now, United States of America. Lenin doesn't get told, oh, Lisa, leave Mr. Pilsudski alone. And says to himself, ah, oh, yeah, you're right, that's too much. Lenin wants it all. Orders Trotsky to prepare for war. Well, Trotsky does. And sorry for the Poles, at this point in time, the, the, the commies do get a leg up on the white army, and they're starting to really realize, oh, wow, we're about to win this whole thing. So the Red Army is now looking a lot stronger than it just was a day before. And they mobilize, and they start marching on the poles, and they start slapping the poles around in the territories the poles have taken from Russia, and they're winning. And they're running the poles out of all their acquired territory, And now things are looking really, really, really bad. Lenin, once again, he's taken all the territory he just lost. And what does he say to himself? What does Lenin say? You need to understand how a leftist thinks. Does Lenin say to himself, oh, okay, well, I'm glad we solved that problem. Let's go back to beating the white army. No, 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 that's not how they think. Lenin looks around and says, well, why don't we just go take Warsaw, too? What's stopping me from taking the rest of it? Leftists only see what they haven't taken over yet. And they head towards Warsaw. And now the Poles are in a much worse position than they were before they started this whole thing. They start looking around for help, and they definitely find a sympathetic ear in Britain and France who are gravely concerned about communism. And the Poland says, "Uh, guys, you want to help here? And Britain and France do. They start sending arms. They start sending military advisors to the Poles. The Poles are conscripting men into the army. And now it looks like we're about to have a bit of a dust-up here. I'm going to wrap up that dust-up. We'll talk about our lesson from it. And we're going to talk about a scary truth about ourselves when it comes to China and COVID. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Wake up and text. 
Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I really cannot believe this story about the toupee. We're going to get to the, uh, You know what? I'm, gonna tr- I'm so excited to get to it. I may address this before I address any of the serious stories on the day. I might, Chris. <laughs> I might. I, I might have to. I Look. Here's the truth. You know I'm anti-toupee. If you're wearing one right now, you need to hear this. And it's not that it's not that I don't want to keep my hair and understand something. I'm losing it. It's it's receding, it's retreating back towards my ears like an Italian army. I, I'm pretty sure it's thinning too on top. It's going. Look, Chris, I don't Jewish producer Chris is over there giving me these sad faces. Because Chris is Jewish, so he's going to have a head of hair until he's 5,000 years old. Oh, no, your family's bald? Is your family bald? Yes, I'm so glad your family balds, too. Chris has the thickest mane you've ever seen in your lifetime. But I'm so happy he's one of the ones that are going to bald because he's going to join me at some point. So I'm telling you this. I'm somebody who's going to be bald at some point. I would guess 45, 50, maybe not, maybe not completely. Am I going to shave? Chris wants to know if I'm going to shave it off. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the same route my old man went. I'm, a, I'm not going to do that, like, shiny straight razor thing. Although, I mean, that's fine. I have nothing against it. I don't know that I have the head shape for that. I think I have a little bump. Chris is giving me a look. You have, a, you have to have a certain head shape to have that, Chris. You, I, I think I have a little bump in the middle that would look. Look, I don't want to look like a Klingon. So I think what I'll do is I'll shave it way down. But anyway, what I'm saying is I'm here with you. I understand what you're going through. It's just not something that's ever bothered me a lot. I just knew it was something that was coming. I can't do anything about it. I got gray all through my beard now. Look, get married. You're going to go gray. (laughs) Have some kids. You're going to go gray. And I'm not worried about that either. Chicks dig it. My wife Loves the gray. So it's fine. But hear me if you're a toupee guy. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. 
Everyone can see it. Everyone can see the toupee. Everyone can see the hair plugs. And look, this is going to be a bitter pill to swallow. Everybody can see the hair dye, too. I know you think you blended it right. You didn't. Everybody knows. My advice to you is just let it go. Just let it go. It's... It's okay, but you know what? I'm not going off on that right now, Chris. I'm not going off. We have to finish our story about the Battle of Warsaw. Just a quick recap on where we are. The Poles decided Russia was down and weak post-World War I. They were going to expand, get some of their territory back. They did expand. They got their territory back, and then the Red Army got its feet underneath them and promptly took back all the Polish territory and then looked at Warsaw and saw, well, let's just keep going and take Warsaw. And they decided to storm in. Poland gets some help from France and Britain. Now we have a serious problem on our hands. If you are the Poles, you are greatly, greatly outnumbered. The Red Army has been storming through your armies. And they're now outside of Warsaw. But the Soviets made a critical, critical error. Actually, two critical errors. One, what gets you in trouble all the time? What's that thing we read about in the good book that goeth before the fall? Pride. You're the Soviets. You have just stomped on a few Polish armies. You know you outnumber them. They looked around and thought to themselves, I mean, how much do we really have to guard our flank? It's just the Poles, right? And they thought so much less of the Poles. And we need to take a brief moment and talk about ethnicity and race and things like that. Remember, people are prejudiced. All people are prejudiced. You are I am, Jewish producer Chris is, the guy across the street is, the white guy, black guy, Asian guy, they're all prejudice. You know how I know this? Because I read history books, and prejudice is built into our nature. It's one of those things we should all fight against, obviously, but we all struggle with it in some way, shape, or form, and it doesn't have to be skin color. You know what I mean? You might hate short people, tall people, fat people, skinny people. You might hate people from Jamaica, people from Montana. People from New York, you you don't know. You have something, though. You have an inherent thing based on experience or how you were raised where you see somebody or find out something about somebody and it automatically, automatically causes you to think a little less of them. Myself, here's, here's a dead giveaway for me. No, it's actually not Italians. I just like making the Italian jokes because they make me laugh. But look. I have a prejudice. I I have some new neighbors I've recently moved. Now, not right next door, but down the street from me, finally saw some of my new neighbors, and I'm not super friendly neighbor guy. Hi, guys, can I bring you some cookies? I want to be best friends. I really want to be left alone, but I always want to be friendly with my neighbors because it just makes your life easier. Hey, man, your trash was left out. Wind blew it over. I brought it up for you. That, that kind of basic convenience stuff. 
neighbors across the street. I've never talked to these people in my life. They could be the sweetest, kindest, funniest, funnest, best people on the face of the planet. Drove by them to clearly relatives. I mean, clearly relatives. I'm not going to go into why, but they were relatives standing outside talking to each other out in front of the home, both of them wearing face masks. And I drove by these people. And I immediately, internally, because I was by myself, rolled my eyes like, oh, gosh, give me a freaking break. Now, that's not me being anti-face mask, although I am. You wear one if you're comfortable, wear one if you believe it. If you don't believe it, I'm not, I'm not that guy. But if you're outside with somebody you just, oh, I forgot to mention they just walked out of the same home together. You just spent your time in your home. You're outside. It, come on. But that's a prejudice, right? What I just did to those people, I judged those people. I've never talked to them before. And what if I'm completely wrong? What if what if what if all the face mask stuff is right? What if one of those guys is uh, dying from lung cancer or something like that? He's uniquely in, in danger. I I could be completely wrong there. But I have my own prejudices too. So do you. The Russians thought less of the Poles. They thought they were weak. They thought they were stupid. The Germans thought less of the Poles. This just was. So they leave their flank open. And you remember how I said they made two mistakes? One was pride. Two was Russia really did not fully grasp how much Poles loved being Poles, how nationalistic they were, how proud they were of their country, and how adamant they were that they would not be a communist nation. They really found that out with the Polish underground in World War II. But the Poles, with a bunch of new recruits, a bunch of fresh guys, they found out about that weak flank. And they stormed through that weak flank like a blowtorch through butter. And when that flank ran... Another problem got exposed with the Soviets, with communism. And this is a problem you and I can expose now. And we should. I'll explain what that is in just a sec. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. 
ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. <laughs> we are so screwed. <laughs> uh, look, we're going to talk about that clip a little later on. That was actually read in front of the U.S. Congress. That's, this is where we are now. Remember, remember. It's hard for you and I to put ourselves in this mentality, even if you're more of an aggressive person. Leftists don't look at anything, nothing, and say to themselves, let's leave that alone. Nothing. You can't even have amen now. It has to become a man and a woman. It would never even occur to you or me that that would be something that needs protected. Everything must be protected. They're coming for all of it, period. The Poles stormed through the Soviet left flank. Just a quick heads up. We're about done here. The Poles stormed through the Soviet flank. The Soviets begin as soon as the commies begin to lose ground the commanders begin to squabble amongst themselves. Remember, there are a lot of things about communism, leftism, whatever you want to call it, that give them huge advantages. The commitment to the cause, the always-on offense aggressiveness, the unity, these things are advantages for them. But like anything else, they have disadvantages. A big disadvantage of the commies then outside of Warsaw and the commies right now surrounding you and your culture is this. The second you start to take ground back from them, they're so full of hate and bitterness because that's what it takes to be a communist. They will begin sniping at each other, blaming each other because there is no individual nature to it. There's no individual accountability to it. There's finger pointing. There's misery. The Soviets could have easily withstood the attack on their flank if they didn't instantly start infighting and then everybody turns around and starts routing. It gets so bad, the Poles are now curb stomping the Soviets who have 100,000 dead. The Poles aren't stopping either. They're storming through them. Eventually, the Soviets are forced to sign the Treaty of Riga, or Riga, depending on where you went to uh, college, or IGA, giving Poland all the territory they had originally taken over. How do you stop communism? Well, here's the bitter truth of it. And it is a bitter truth because of what this means for you, specifically, what this means for me in the future. You see, you and I are now completely surrounded culturally in the United States of America. We are. That is not, uh, that is not a, oh, it's over kind of thing. I don't do that. Let's just accept where we are. Until we accept where we are, we can never address how to solve the problem. If we can't acknowledge the problem, we can't address how to solve it. 
because the commies took over America's education system. We now have generations of people who hate this country. They are the people in positions of power all over society. They're full, full in your bureaucracy, media, your FBI, your military now. We're going we're gonna to have somebody on tomorrow to talk specifically about how they're in the military now. You're surrounded culturally. They have it all. I, got, I left my own church. They, they have it. You're surrounded culturally. So admit that. And here's the truth. You're not going to be able to mind your own business way out of this whole thing. That's why you and I believe what we believe. There's just an individual nature to it. You do you. I'll do me. I'll mind my own business. A real laissez-faire way to look at an economy, a country, how you govern. You can't. You're going to have to set aside part of who you are going forward. Freedom and communism cannot coexist side by side. Communism will eat it alive. You do not get to live in a free United States of America until you have defeated and destroyed the left. You do not. It cannot possibly exist. There is no middle ground they will accept. They only see things they haven't taken over yet. You must completely remove that ideology from the United States of America. And you can't mind your own business your way out of it. How do you stop communism? You attack. You are going to have to start playing offense. They are never, ever, ever getting to the point where they say that's enough. We don't need any more. They will stop when you stop them. And not a second before. All right, we're going to talk about these homes getting vandalized. Hang on a sec. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. That's a bitter pill to swallow, isn't it? I hate it as much as you hate it. I do. 
I want to be left alone. I want you to be left alone. I want you to live your life as you want. I don't want to. You know what I don't want to do? I don't want to go down to the local school board meeting. I don't want to run for office ever again. I've done that before. That sucked. I don't want to join the peaceful protest. I want to stay home, hang out with my kids, go for a swim. I don't want to do these things. I want to go live my life. We can't do that and expect to succeed. We have got to start having a more aggressive mentality now. That's the bad news. The good news is once we notch a few wins, they'll start eating themselves. They will. All right, we're going to do Medal of Honor Monday here in a sec. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, yeah. That's how you stop communism. Aggression. Offense. Remember, we still have to talk about a scary truth. Maybe scary is not the right way to put it. An uncomfortable truth about ourselves when it comes to China. I'm looking at this new COVID headline, and it just really hit me this weekend. Man, that does not speak highly of us. We'll get to that in a second. I'm about to do Medal of Honor Monday. I want to make sure I give a shout out to two brand new awesome stations that were on News Talk 1080 WTIC in Connecticut and WRKO 680, The Voice of Boston. Those are obviously gigantic stations. I find it to be absurd and speaking very poorly of the American public that this show continues to grow at this pace. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Have some standards for Pete's sake. <laughs> Nevertheless, it does. So uh, we will take that. I have an audience question. I was going to hold off. But I'm going to ask it right now because I want your emails on something. Before we get to Medal of Honor Monday, I want your emails on something. Remember, I still have to talk about Mitch McConnell's home getting vandalized and Nancy Pelosi's home getting vandalized. There's a headline. A man legally changed his name to Celine Dion while drunk. I'm not going to go into the story. Man got hammered, legally changed his name while drunk. It occurred to me as a very young, immature, 
man of very poor judgment then and now, I have made some really, really, really stupid decisions while under the influence of alcohol. By the grace of God, I don't do that anymore. However, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear from you, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. What's the worst slash dumbest slash funniest mistake you've ever made while under the influence of alcohol? I will ask you this. Attempt to keep it PG, please, because I'm going to read the funny slash good ones on the air. If you don't keep it PG, I will have to edit it myself to keep it PG. Remember, I will always do a show you can listen to with your kids. So just keep that part in mind. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them on the air. I will not read your name ever. Not for these or any other ones unless you specifically tell me to read your name. I'm just one of those privacy guys. But I want your stories. What's the dumbest, funniest Biggest mistake you've ever made while hammered. I want it. I want it. What, Chris? It's a high-end show. Now, Medal of Honor Monday. We don't do anything good on this show. This is not a show changing the world. This is a show just made to, well, hopefully make your drive from work a little better. But we do one good thing all, work, all week, and we do it on Monday. We read a Medal of Honor citation, and we do it so we can remember these men and remember their sacrifice. And, man, some of them some of them just get me. So this is one of them. This is Jed C. Barker. This took place in Vietnam, United States Marine Corps. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a machine gunner with Company F during a reconnaissance operation, Lance Corporal Barker's squad was suddenly hit by enemy sniper fire. The squad immediately deployed to a combat formation and advanced to a strongly fortified enemy position when it was struck again by small arms and automatic weapons fire, sustaining numerous casualties. Although wounded by the initial burst of fire, Lance Corporal Barker's boldly remained in the open, delivering a devastating volume of accurate fire on the numerically superior foe. The enemy was intent upon annihilating the small Marine force and, realizing that Lance Corporal Barker was a threat to their position, directed the preponderance of their fire on his position. He was again wounded, this time in the right hand, which prevented him from operating his vitally needed machine gun. Suddenly, and without warning, an enemy grenade landed in the midst of a few surviving Marines. Unhesitatingly and with complete disregard for his personal safety, Lance Corporal Barker threw himself upon the deadly grenade, absorbing with his body the full and tremendous force of the explosion. In a final act of bravery, he crawled to the side of a wounded comrade and administered first aid before succumbing to his grievous wounds. His bold initiative, intrepid fighting spirit, and unwavering devotion to duty in the face of almost certain death undoubtedly saved his comrades from further injury or possible death and reflect great credit upon himself, the Marine Corps, and the U.S. Naval Service. He gallantly gave his life for his country. 
That is... Doesn't that deserve to be remembered? And that's why we do it. Because there's about a 99.9% chance you've never heard that story. And if I hadn't just read it, there's a 99.9% chance you would have never heard that story in your lifetime. And doesn't Jed Barker deserve to be remembered for that? You roll on top of a grenade to eat that bad boy for your buddies, you deserve to be remembered. And then, and then, I can't, I, I don't even want to picture how bad those wounds had to be. Then with those wounds, you're administering first aid to your buddy. It's not like you're laying there saying, ha I'm, I'm a goner. That's it for me. No, you're still so concerned for the life of your bros. You're out there doing it. That's awesome. 877-377-4373, If you want to leave a voicemail with your worst, 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 or I should say funniest thing you've ever done while under the influence of alcohol, you are welcome to. Remember, we have to edit them, though. We definitely have to edit out the language. I'm not your father. I'm not your pastor. Use whatever language you see fit. However, the rules of terrestrial radio are you can't cuss. Plus, I have basic rules on my show. Even if I did a podcast, I wouldn't do that because I want to do a show you can listen to with your kids. I understand I'm irreverent and inappropriate. However, I'm so tired of having to turn everything off with my kids in the room. Aren't you sick of that? If you don't have them yet, you won't understand this. And I hate being that guy. You'll know when you have kids. But you just don't view things that way until you have kids. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, you're watching a movie and, and they say something terrible. that never It didn't even hit you before. You never even realized they said it and you're all, oh, no. Nowadays you can't even watch the TV commercials. <laughs> something will come on and your kids will be looking at you like I. I don't feel like that was right. And then you tell him, well, just go ask your mother. <laughs> Did I tell you about the, the birds and the bees talk I had with the kids? Oh, I didn't tell you about that, Chris. Oh, gosh, it was the best. So my boys, my boys are 12 and 18. I swear I'm going to get to the political stories in a second. 12 and 18. 12 and 10. Sorry. My boys are 12 and 10. And... They're kind of starting to come home with some questions. We had a little chat. I'll tell you about that little chat coming back, and then I'm finally going to get to the scary truth about us and COVID. Hang on. Kelly. I have this general rule when I'm purchasing products, when I'm purchasing a service, whatever the case may be, when I'm dealing with a company, I have this general rule, and that is make my life easier. That's it. I, I've had a million different companies I've dealt with, and after a while, I realize this is a lot of work. 
Why aren't you making my life easier? I'll go somewhere else. Well, Doctors Trusted CBD, their founders, they've been doing natural medicine for over two decades. And they took the time, they took their expertise to research the whole CBD industry and find the best tested CBD products, and that's what they sell. So now I don't have all this trial and error. I just go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com and buy what works for me. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 5% off and a free lip balm. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. We're going to get to the scary truth about ourselves in China in just a second. I just got sidetracked once again today about the boys having a birds and the bees talk. I should note, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Both of them are the same sign, at Jesse Kelly DC. I'm on Parler because they're going to run me off of Twitter and Instagram very shortly. Permanently. I, they will. I'm on Facebook, too. Try to post there, too. I'm on social media. That's fine. You can email me anytime. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All the emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off. I read them all. I will not respond. I get way too many. I simply cannot. But you send it. I read it. I will never read your name on the air unless you tell me you want me to. Boys start coming home. They start asking questions about women, men. I try, I try to be protective about what they watch, but not overprotective about what they watch and listen to because it, you still have to exist in the world. Uh, no, I'm not sitting them down to watch the latest, whatever, Hollywood filth with a bunch of dirty scenes in it. Are they going to hear some bad words? Are they going to hear references to things between a man and a woman? You bet. And the thing that always gets your kids is their friends. All it takes is one friend who who steals his parents' Netflix password or something, and now he's watching things at 12 you really shouldn't be watching. And what's he going to do with that information? He's going to bring that information to school and tell all of his friends who are now very curious about what kind of shows mom and dad haven't been letting him watch. You know how this works. You work in once, too. That's, we all we all like danger a little. Why do you think why do you think women love rock stars? Half those guys look like they're about to die. And women love them. Why? It's dangerous. Scandalous. It's exciting. Why do you think why do you think men go for some woman who's clearly, clearly a disaster and going to be terrible for you? But you know, maybe dresses a little a little provocatively. It's dangerous. It's exciting. Yes, I know she works in a building without windows, but it's, I'm going to, just like I'm going to dip my toe in the water. Oh, what's that? I'm missing a kidney. Whoops. We like dangerous. Kids like dangerous too. 
So my boys are bringing home enough questions. The wife finally gives me the look of, they're boys, you're the dad. Don't you think it's time for you to have the talk with them? So their friends don't fill them in on all the information, you know? And I, I, I couldn't help but agree. I'm like, all right, boys, it's just stuff on. Let's go for a walk. I like to go for a walk with my boys outside. Fresh air, let's go for a walk. Toys at home, phones at home, fresh air. Let's just, just let's get the juices flowing. We'll go out and talk for a bit. I go out and I try to have the most. I was not a meathead about it, so don't don't call yelling at me. I tried to have, you know, the most scientifically nerdy conversation about that act and things like that you can possibly have. Well, when you're a man and a woman, and and I'm giving the, them the biblical version of it. You know, once you fall in love and get married, and, and, and you know, a man will will you know do his. And I'm being specific about the biology of it. I'm just not laying that out for you here because I'm already very uncomfortable reliving the story. But the best part of the whole story was they were so mortally uncomfortable. They kept telling me, okay, can we, all right, I don't, can we move on? Can we, I'm like, no, no, you have to hear this. It's better you hear this from me. And so now, whenever they bring up something inappropriate or something one of their friends say, or they pick up on some innuendo from a movie and they're kind of snickering about it and they look at me, I'll just flat out tell them, oh, oh, you must be ready for another sex talk then. Should we have another sex talk then? And they just shut up immediately. They're like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm like, yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> That's funny. All right. This headline. Growing body of evidence that COVID was leaked from a CCP lab. Well, let's be frank. This is not surprising anybody. Nobody. People generally have assumed from the beginning that this thing, obviously it came from China. People have assumed it came from some Chinese lab intentionally or otherwise. But it is a virus that has killed many. It is a virus that has caused inhuman amounts of suffering outside of the deaths, the financial destruction, the mental health problems, the addiction problems we're struggling with right now, suicides through the roof. And this is, and a lot of this has been our own idiotic reaction to it, but this has been a, it's been a disaster. And it got me thinking this weekend. I'm browsing on it. Got me thinking about China. China has concentration camps right now. You understand that, right? I, we don't think they're shuttling people through the gas chamber like you think of like World War II Jewish Auschwitz concentration camps. We don't think, but we also don't know either. I mean, we don't, we don't have any idea. We do know it's forced labor. We know they're grabbing Muslims. And if you're a Muslim, up, you're scarfed up. We know they're oppressing Christians. We know... They're taking people's organs against their will. We know China is aggressively going after territories around them they think are theirs. We also know that this leak, COVID, 
We know it came from China, and we know once the word got out in China about it, that China stopped travel within China and allowed international travel intentionally. We know that. There's no other explanation for that other than we want to spread that. Whether they released it in, in, intentionally initially or otherwise, we know they spread that thing to the world knowingly. So let me see if I cover this right now. We have a militaristic, imperialistic, aggressive foreign country operating concentration camps currently who took a virus, a deadly virus, and spread it around the world where it's killed hundreds of thousands? Is it a million yet, Chris? I know it's killed like 300,000 Americans. That's not even counting Europe. It's not counting the other parts of the globe. Let me ask you something. What have we actually done about it? Isn't it wild when you think about this? We, we talk about history every day, right? You and I do. And how many monsters of history we talk about. And not just the ones you know about, but just throughout history. But let's hit the high point. Stalin. Mao. And we look at things like that and we say to ourselves, how did the world stand by and let that happen? We'll never do that again. We have the UN now. We have NATO. We have all these. We're never going to stand by and let that happen again. Really? (laughs) I mean, and believe me, you know, I'm non-interventionist Jesse, extremely non-interventionist now. I'm not not advocating for war here. I'm not. But what are we doing about it? What's actually been done about it? That's uncomfortable, wouldn't it? All right, we're going to talk to Michael Malice. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome, as he does every single Monday at this time, 
Michael Malice. Michael, this actually physically pains me to say that it looks like you're going to be criminally right about the police. (laughs) But there are a couple videos out of right-wing protesters carrying thin blue line flags and promptly throwing them on the ground and stomping on them as the cops come and crack down on them and not the Black Lives Matter protesters who were assaulting them. Please carry your trophy away. Fair what? <laughs> please, I didn't hear what you said. Please carry your trophy away. For It looks like you're going to be a predictor of the future about the police, especially big city police, guarding people on the right. There's no prediction here to be made. If, if sun goes up, sun goes down. Sun goes up, sun goes down. There is no law so obscene, including the mass execution of innocent children, that the police won't enforce it. Every country throughout time. So it's only now that, and I have to give conservatives credit with this, now that the videos are out there and how it's indisputable that they're realizing that the cops are just the teeth of the state. Uh, They answer to Nancy Pelosi or whoever's in charge and at no time answer to you. And the Supreme Court has ruled this. They have no duty to protect you at all. Uh, So they're just the same thing as um, public school teachers, but they have guns, and they hate your family just as much. And can't we differentiate between the big city ones and the rural ones, though? Because, I like, the ones in my area are awesome. I, I'm just a big, big fan of them, and I know them personally. But the big city ones aren't. They're, isn't it more of a regional thing than a rural thing, like based on, you know, where you are? No, because you don't know what someone is like in the bedroom. You don't know what someone is like while they're doing their job. So while their interactions with you might be perfectly pleasant and personable, you don't see them when things go south. And you also, someone can be perfectly nice, but every single cop, without exception, enforces unlawful, unconstitutional laws against peaceful people. And that's why every single cop, without exception, is a criminal. That is such a... a See... This is why you're the best to have on because other people don't say interesting things. And I, I it's it fascinates me how you came to that mindset. Is this a parents thing? Is this a books thing? Is this a, a schooling thing? How, how how did Michael Ballas come to this kind of thinking? How much what would it what kind of person would you be if you took went down to the street and had a little girl with a lemonade stand? And you told her to tear it down and go home. Are you a hero? No. You're, you're, a, you're, an, you're a monster. Uh, if you feel comfortable putting your hands on someone who is selling cigarettes and tossing him in the back of your van, you are the enemy of civilization. You're not the thin blue line that separates us from savages. You are the savage. So, and, and it's very simple. I'm in New York and I'm unsafe because of the police. The Second Amendment has done nothing to allow me to access firearms, and that is only because the police are ignoring the Constitution. Okay, well, people out there who are having a hard time swallowing this right now are probably looking around saying to themselves, okay, who's going to fight for me? They look around at an aggressive left. They look around at a way aggressive government right now that's only getting worse. Who's going to fight for them? You have to fight for yourselves like you have since the beginning of this country. And part of that means fighting for your Second Amendment rights 
and fighting against the government and not giving government agents the respect that they desire, but the contempt that they deserve. Because a large part of what allows the state to get over on its chicanery is because people are telling you that they're on the side of the angels and that they're the good guys. They are not. They are the enemy. What do you make of Nancy Pelosi getting elected again to Speaker of the House? I'm not. I'm not surprised in the slightest. Are you? This reminds me of back in the day where they had they needed 67 votes uh, to get the balanced budget amendment, and there were two senators left, Democrats, and they had dinner and they said, "All right, you get to vote for it. I get to vote against it." So we have this facade that this is actually going to happen. So she clearly sat some down and said, "All right, you have to vote against me. That's totally cool." She said this during the campaign. She said, I think in 2018 as well, "Campaign against me if you have to." Just make sure you get those seats. So she's a very shrewd parliamentarian, much better her job than Biden's going to be. What do we do you think that she runs Biden? Do you do you do you get the impression she's going to actually be the alpha in that relationship? Because the Biden has to have a relationship with her. Either they're unified or they're going to get crushed. Is she the one running that show? No, I, I don't. Whoever is the are the people who got on the phone with Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and all those others and said, all right, here's what's going to be. You're going to get on that plane tomorrow on Super Tuesday. Biden's our guy. That's who's going to be running uh, the show. It's going to be a cabal of neocons and corporate Democrats uh, who are going to spend as do whatever they can to destroy small town America and mom and pop shops for the sake of Amazon and all these other multinational companies. Ted Cruz and a bunch of senators are going to challenge the election results. Of course, people in within the D.C. area are up in arms about how this is the biggest violation of norms ever and a massive threat to the to, to democracy itself. What say you? Democracy should be strangled in its crib. And I think it is absolutely the right thing to fight every single square inch. We had we're told for four years that the president is a Russian agent, that he was spied on during his campaign, how many lives were destroyed, how much investigating was happening, and now they can't handle uh, two months of uh, digging through the facts. Do not give an inch to these people and let them be upset because their anger is an energy and a source of joy to people who love freedom everywhere. You don't mind catching heat, obviously. It's, it's, I, obviously clearly, I don't mind catching heat either. But that is against human nature. Most people do. I spent a lot of time trying to convince my people you're going to have to get comfortable with that. What would you say to people who are uncomfortable? It's human nature with people screaming at them, fascist, traitor, Nazi. What do you say to that person? I'm a bachelor, and I am self-employed because of my... Uh, what I do for a living. I don't have to worry about my business and I don't have to worry about my family. So I wouldn't tell them necessarily to be brave. I would tell them, keep your head down, do what you can, support people who are fighting the fight. And it's no point, especially on social media, engaging with these people because they're not interested in a coherent conversation. They're interested in domination and oppression. So know your enemy and act accordingly. There's, you got to choose your battles. What do you make of this Georgia Secretary of State releasing this phone call to the Washington Post, the one he had with Trump? I haven't listened to the whole thing. I've heard mixed things that obviously they're going to try to make it sound as horrible as possible. Um, I think this election is, as you and I have discussed repeatedly, is done 
simply because the Republicans had no will to fight it through and make a spectacle as they did the Democrats had for four years. Um, but I think it's kind of a sleazy thing to do in general. Uh, it, it, I, that's just my two cents. Yeah, that's mine, too. I, I think it violates. Not, you can call it man code, code, ethics, whatever you want to call it. I don't understand this modern man's desire to release text messages, phone calls he has with other people. That was that was always shunned when I was a child. Is this a generational thing? I think it's a it's kind of a girly thing, isn't it? Like you break up with someone and she sends your friends all the text messages, the booty calls. So I, I think there's kind of there's this. Uh, um, where I'm from, at least, maybe it's because I'm an immigrant from Russia, there's this sense of honor and respect that when you talk to gentlemen's code, like you just said, when you talk to someone, you can respect that they're going to keep it to themselves. I don't see what this gains him. Yeah, I don't either. Michael Malice, go consume your welcome. You will enjoy every minute of it. I appreciate you, my man. Take care, Jesse. All right. Always has something interesting to say. Hey, look, I... All right, we need to we do need to address this Georgia Secretary of State Washington Post thing. I'm going to do that real quick before I get to the Mitch McConnell's home being vandalized. Hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Uh, This was started when the mainstream media stop drop any pretense of being unbiased and actually chose sides during this election this, this fire was started when you completely ignored for example our investigation of hunter biden you know no, no evidence of wrongdoing there and now we find out after the election no there is a fair amount of evidence to the point that we have a real fbi investigation Senator, so all right, it's I, the bias of the media it's the, it's, the, right. it's the it's the it's no it, listen i've had enough of this too it's no, the Senator, bias of the it, media it is that has spent, created a, 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 a situation where, where Republicans and yeah. conservatives do not trust no. the mainstream media, and that is what's rec- that is what has destroyed the credibility of the media and our institutions, and right. really no, the destruction confidence of in the election result. So I didn't start this. Listen, you you have spent much of your time in the last two years carrying a lot of this crazy conspiratorial water for President Trump. So again, 
I didn't criticize Democrats when they were talking about potential hacking of voting machines. But now it's quackery. Now it's conspiracy theory. That's the problem, Chuck. There's a double standard here. And we are not being transparent. And we are dismissing the concerns of tens of millions of Americans. Again, I didn't, I didn't like this fire. It, this it, fire was lit in over, over four years ago. And we've destroyed the credibility of the, you have destroyed the credibility of the news media by your bias. And of course, people like James Comey, Andrew McCabe, uh, John Brennan destroyed yeah. the credibility of the FBI and, part, and our justice system as well. We have an enormous problem in this country. It's unsustainable. And the only way you solve it is with information and transparency and hearings and investigations. So you it's believe, not quackery. You it's not conspiracy in, it, theory. You it's believe, what's going to be required. It, let me ask you this. Then why didn't you hold hearings um, about the 9-11 truthers? There's plenty of people who thought 9-11 was an inside job. So you're basically I mean, saying Chuck, is that Chuck, there's yeah, enough I, people who I believe in conspiracy theory. If, I held if hearings enough on people what I hold, figured it, was the most relevant issue. Are you going to do it? How about the moon and, landing? And obviously the, are you going to hold this hearings election? on that? Mmm, spicy from Senator Ron Johnson on Chuck Todd's show. <laughs> All right. I was going to avoid this Secretary of State of Georgia phone call with Trump thing, just because I don't think many people care about it. But since... I'm getting bombarded with emails about it. I'm going to address this really quickly here. And I'm going to come at it from a bit of a different angle than I normally do. The Secretary of State was on a call with multiple people with Donald Trump about the election in Georgia. He hangs up from the call and allegedly at this point, I don't think he's confirmed this, but it's one of those things everyone seems to know. He took all of the call or parts of the call. I think right now it was parts of the call and sent them to the Washington Post. Now, I'm going to address something that is not, and I can't stress this enough. This is not political, what I'm about to say. This is not about pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Georgia. It's not about politics. It's not about Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, libertarians, communists, whatever. It's not about any of that. This is a message out there, hopefully for everybody, but definitely for dudes. When you're a dude, you never repeat the things another dude tells you. Ever. That's part of your code as a man. You don't screenshot text messages and send them out. You don't record phone calls and send them to anybody, let alone the Washington Post. You keep things to yourself. I don't even publish the contact information of the death threats I get, and I never will. And we get them all. Look, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We get them all the time. Send in. So it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. If you send me something privately, if we talk about something privately, I don't even need you to add a disclaimer of don't tell anyone this. You tell me something, I don't repeat it. Period. Ever. And my job is to talk for a living. I have to talk for four hours a day. Three on radio and one on TV, and I still don't repeat the things I'm told. Isn't that how men are raised anymore? You keep your info 
to yourself. I'll get I'll lecture my sons about it when they try to tattle on each other, which they don't do often because it's not allowed in our house. But if uh guess what James did? Why are you telling me what James did? Why are you you're his brother? Why are you now narking him out to me? He told you something in confidence. You keep it in confidence. I want to know. I want to know what kind of man has a phone conversation with, I'm not even going to say the president of the United States because that brings politics into it. I want to know what kind of man has a phone conversation with another man, records it. Okay, maybe there's a recording of it legally, but takes that recording and sends it to the Washington Post. What kind of a man does something like that? You don't do things like that to people. You don't. And I've had people, I've had especially libs, but a, a bunch of people on the right too screaming at me for the past day because of my stance on this. Are you saying you wouldn't are you saying you wouldn't report your buddy for a crime? That's exactly what I'm saying. You would? Narc? Hang on, I'm not done yet. I'm upset. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time... They call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Jewish producer Chris just brought up a good point to me about the releasing a phone call. He asked me, he said, hey, well, if the Ayatollah of Iran called you personally and said he was going to nuke a U.S. city, would you report that to authorities? And I said, well, obviously, that's a little different, yes. And he said, well, that's how the left views Trump. And I thought to myself briefly, I'm like, well, you're an idiot. That can't be true. And then I thought, oh, man, that's absolutely true. In fact, I bet you if you polled the left, they'd probably view the Ayatollah in a better light than they view Trump. Again, a helpful lesson to you, to me, to all of us, in how they view you. Anything. They're no different than all the other commies throughout history. Stop thinking about them differently because they've labeled those, themselves differently or they're Americans. or, or they're, Stop thinking about them differently. 
Anything done to you is justified because of the world they want to make. Anything done to you is justified. All right, lesson learned. Time to talk about Mitch McConnell's house being vandalized. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. My good faith efforts at de escalation have been met with ongoing violence and even scorn from radical Antifa and anarchists. In response, it will be necessary to use additional tools and to push the limits of the tools we already have to bring the criminal destruction and violence to an end. Lawlessness and anarchy come at great expense and with great risk to the future of our community. It's time to push back harder against those who are set on destroying our community and to take more risks in fighting lawlessness. In closing, once again, I condemn anyone who engages in violence or criminal destruction, no matter what their ideology. My good faith efforts at DS. Well, I could just, I could bathe in that. That was Portland's mayor, Ted Wheeler, talking about Antifa and how he let him take over the city. He let him take over. Remember that portion where they just took over parts of Portland and then they took over parts of Seattle and just let them have it? And my good faith efforts have been. <laughs> All the good faith efforts. They were all just knowledge that the chaos and anarchy would would help it would help the national narrative that Trump's presidency was chaotic. And they wanted it all to calm down after the election. It's not gonna calm down. It's not. Huh. All right. Mitch McConnell's home vandalized in radical tantrum over $2,000 stimulus checks. That's a headline from Washington Examiner. Vandals allegedly spray-painted, Where's My Money? on Kentucky Senator's front door and other expletives were scrawled across his front porch. Quote, I spent my career fighting for the First Amendment and defending peaceful protest. I appreciate every Kentuckian who's who's engaged in the democratic process, whether they agree with me or not, end quote. McConnell said in a statement obtained by the Washington Examiner, this is different. Vandalism and the politics of fear have no place in our society. My wife and I have been intimidated by this toxic playbook. We just hope our neighbors in Louisville aren't too inconvenienced by this radical tantrum, end quote. 
The incident follows the defacement of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home with fake blood in a pig's head left outside her garage and, uh, quote, 2K cancel rent, we want everything, end quote, painted on her garage. Here's a bit of truth. One, let's be clear about something. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and the Senate Majority Leader, how do they not have paid-for security at their homes? Two, it leads me to my next point, which is two. I really feel like people in the D.C. bubble, that's all the Republicans, Democrats, the D.C. pundits, the think tankers, the guys who write for the national magazines. I, I feel like there is many. there are many disconnects, but there is one gigantic disconnect that exists there. And I'll tell you what I mean. I traveled during the recession, when the recession was real bad, I traveled back to D.C. because I was running for Congress then from Arizona. And you remember when that recession hit, man, it was bad. There were empty storefronts all of a sudden everywhere. It was really bad there for a while. Remember? And I'm looking around and it's it's sad. Everywhere I go, it's just it's looking worse and things are closing. It's really bad. And I fly back to DC. I don't think I'd ever been there before. I think it was my first time. And I landed and it shocked me. Everything was brand new. Everything was full. There were brand new buildings being built. It was like this, it was like this totally separate country. Brand new shiny glass, new pavement on the streets, new restaurants, new this, new airports, new everything. It was like I had flown from, I, I say poverty, it wasn't poverty, it's still America. It was like I flew from poverty and just landed in a gigantic pot of gold. People who live, work, and worship in the D.C. area, they really, really do not understand the level of anger and resentment out there right now, and they do not understand the feeling of uh, haves versus have-nots that's out there in society. And that's Republicans and Democrats. They feel like the law only applies to small business owners, to people outside of the system, and they feel like the people in the system, the people within that D.C. bubble, they're above the law. And they're constantly being shown time after time after time again that they're right. They're constantly now having proof shown to them, well, this person's never going to get held to account, and that person's never going to get held to account. But go ahead, if you're a small business owner, go ahead and, uh, you know, go ahead and skip your taxes one time. We're going to bring down the fury of God on you. But, well, of course, Hillary can delete emails, and this Republican can do that, and this Democrat can do that. Well, it'll all be fine. I'm going to say something. It's going to offend some people. Going to be shocking to some people, but it's time I make a prediction. Somebody's going to die soon. I think within a year, two years, three years, a political figure is going to die. And that is a terrible place to be for a country, but I can see it coming clear as day. 
there are a couple things at play there. One, we have an increasing amount of desperate people. Mental illness is spreading. Substance abuse is spreading. We have an increasing amount just by, you know, the nature of having more people desperate. We have more trained people desperate. How many military veterans out there? How many trained killers out there just lost their small business? What if you lost your small business and you think you've lost it all? What if you lost your small business and your wife left you? Remember we got that email a couple weeks ago? What if you're waking up today, little whiskey hangover, feeling like the world has ended for you and you have nothing left to live for and you have a politician who lives right up the road from you who's been pushing lockdown? I am worried we're going to see violence. And I don't want that. Maybe you do. I do not. I don't want to see anybody getting hurt. Not Nancy Pelosi, not Mitch McConnell, not anybody. I don't want to see anybody getting hurt. And I'm worried somebody's going to die. I am. And I'm really worried about it because the people who are in danger, they continue to act as if they're not. They continue to, they just passed another trillion dollar stimulus package with $600 for you. You know what that really shows you? I mean, yeah, it shows you they don't care about you. You should have already known that already. What it really shows you is these people aren't worried about you at all. These people have no understanding of the level of anger out there right now when you throw in the culture war that is raging i think somebody's gonna die and that sucks all right we're gonna talk about the toupee a good toupee hang on Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. That's so hilarious. <laughs> Gosh. And that was, yes, that was that was a prayer in front of U.S. Congress. This, this catch-all religion thing is so lame to me. I find it to be so watered-down, pathetic, and lame. Just take a stance on something. Why is everything so... Is de-standardized even a word, Chris? I don't know if that's the... What is that with people? What is it? Oh, whatever religion. Uh, Kwanzaa. This and what was the first God? What was that? The mod, What? I don't even know what language he was speaking there. Um, You're allowed to believe your religion all the way. You know that, right? I, 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 I believe mine is the right one. The only one, and the only one into heaven. Um, Hindus believe theirs is the right one, the only one, the only one into heaven. Jews believe their one is the right one, the only one. Muslims believe their one is, and you know what? That's okay. But at least have the guts to believe that. What is this catch-all crap? I will never understand it as long as I live. Well, that one's okay, too, and that one's okay. Well, one of them's right. I mean, one of them is right and the rest of them are wrong. You can't all be the only one. Gosh, I I hate that mealy mouth stuff. Amen and a woman. (laughs) I'm pretty sure amen is Latin for so be it. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a gender thing. Is that right, Chris? Did I have that right? I'm almost positive amen is Latin for so be it. (laughs) Amen and a woman. We have allowed the absolute worst people in the world to take over this country. Every single cultural institution. I told you, I'm not going to stop talking about it because it's never going to stop bothering me. I lost my own church in the wake of the Black Lives Rally insanity after the George Floyd thing. Pastor sends out a message to the whole church saying, well, I'm, I'm about to attend a what white people need to know seminar. And immediately, because I don't want to freak out because we dearly loved our church and love the people there and stuff like that. I didn't want to freak out. I, I immediately sent him a message saying, hey, let's let's get together here. Let, let's you, you want to get together and have just, you know, a private talk. You and I, I wasn't yelling at him. I was like, hey, we should probably talk because I knew what was probably coming because he hadn't given a sermon yet. And I'm like, hey, we should get together and talk about that. Got completely blown off. And sure enough, I ended up getting a, in a fight with the wife that day that was my fault. Not all of them. Most of them are her fault. But, but I got in a fight with the wife that was my fault because I freaked out so bad. We turned on the sermon that Sunday, and it was... Well, I do have white privilege. I, I realized my white privilege, and I wanted it turned off so bad. I'm like, go to the room and listen to that crap. I don't want my kids listening. I was a total jerk. But that's how mad I was. I'm still salty about it. We've allowed the worst people in the world to worm their way into every good and decent part of this society. 
and we allowed them to do it all for the same reasons they always got in there, for the greater good, to help people, to make things more equal. You know, the language the left uses today, some of the words have changed. It's the same message it always was. How do you think the commies during the Russian Revolution were selling communism? You think they were somehow selling it differently than, than equality? It's what they were telling the people. Oh, oh, you, you don't like being in, uh, in the factory? You don't like being in bread lines? We're about to abolish private property. Don't you want that rich person's money? Shouldn't that, shouldn't what that guy has, shouldn't it belong to everyone? I think it should, don't you? This is not new. None of this language is that we should be equal. You have been oppressed. If you get with me, give me the power, I'll make sure you're equal, not oppressed anymore. This is the language of the communists. This is the language you're going to have to defeat because they even got into your church. Hopefully not yours. They dang sure got into mine. My former one, I should say. Freaking military preaching this same stuff. FBI. Remember when we had, we need to get him on again this week. Remind me, Chris. We had Patrick Poole on. I believe it was the week before we got off for Christmas. We had Patrick Poole on. And Patrick Poole gets on there. And he's talking about all the training he's had to do because he's one of these. I mean, as you heard last time he was on, he is the Islamic terrorism expert around the world. He knows the different sects. He knows the different beliefs. He knows who's doing what, where. I mean, he's just one of those guys. And he is constantly training the military and federal law enforcement on this is what's happening here and this is what's happening there. And when he talked about this, of course, took place under Obama. Surprise, surprise. He starts to have to give the FBI training about Islamic terrorism threats here and there, and he's not allowed to use the word Muslim anymore or Islam. That's the level of insanity we're dealing with here. These people are terrible, terrible. (laughs) Chris, did you see we have new podcast reviews? I love you. Remember, the entire Jesse Kelly show is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's available on iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, if you're one of the people who likes to wait and listen after the show's over, go subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. It is, one, hilarious. Two, extremely aggravating to management. And three, they're funny to read on the air. Jesse the Great, this one's called, Chris. Love the history lessons and the commentary. He's hilarious, and he can put a twinkle in an old woman's eye. <laughs> the most American shogun to walk the earth since the founding fathers, Chris. Boom, eat that. Dr. Shogun, the oracle, the ombre of sombreros. Kelly is the most handsome American hero since George Washington tamed all the bald eagles on the continent. (laughs) My best friend and I are daily listeners slash watchers, but refuse to inform our wives that you are on TV. My ultimate fear is that my wife will buy advertising on your show and serve my divorce papers instantly after seeing the stature and sheer rugged American good looks. (laughs) I love you, 
<laughs> and then I get a PS on that one after he goes on. PS, this is his wife. He made me type this. I do not wear flats. In fact, I wore high heels through all my pregnancies because only communists wear flats. Thank you for bringing attention to this important matter. Hail King Kelly, leader of the anti-communist party. <laughs> I swear. You guys are the best, man. I will keep reading the best ones on the air. And remember this. I realize we've had a little break, Ski, so you got to remember. You can email your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in for Friday. You can email them all week. It puts you ahead in the hopper, if you will. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Chris gets them. He sets them aside. And Friday is a fun day. We do Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All right. We're not done yet. I know you're having the time of your life, but it is time for us to move on and figure out what the actual skinny is from Will Chamberlain on this election challenge from Ted Cruz and others. What's the truth? What's not? He'll give it to us. Hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Joining me now, lawyer, publisher of Human Events, guy we lean on a lot on this show for various Lawyering takes Will Chamberlain. Will, tell me, what's the validity of this Ted Cruz challenge? Is this wing nuttery? Is it genius? I'm a huge Ted Cruz homer, so I'm I'm not the one to answer it. So, I mean, it's not like the validity. It's I mean, it's perfectly legally valid for Congress to object for whatever you know for people in Congress to object for whatever reason they want to. Um, but whether it's actually like workable or a thing that'll happen i mean it's it's not it's not going to happen i mean the, you need both a majority to sustain any objection to an electoral college a state's electoral college votes you need a majority in both the house and the senate okay um, we so don't have a majority in the house does he, so. assuming it's dead then because he's clearly not going to have that even tom cotton tom cotton's out on it should he right. have one is are the things he's saying completely valid or is this electioneering what is this I mean, I'm not super familiar with the history of 1870, which is the precedent that Cruz is citing when they formed some sort of commission to evaluate um, what was suspected to be a rigged election. I think the obvious problem is uh, uh, 10 days is not enough time for any commission to do its work. That's probably just enough time 
for everybody to get a flight to meet for the first time. I mean, if you think about the other commissions that we've had to do important things, things like the 9-11 Commission, um, those took years to come up with their reports. So, I mean, it's just, it's 10 days is sort of, I mean, it's not, it wouldn't be able to do anything. So I like Ted Cruz a lot and I understand what, he, what he's coming from, but I read it as something of a stunt, honestly, because like he, he knows one, that there's no way that uh, his objection will be sustained. And two, even if it were, there's no way for a commission to do anything meaningful in 10 days um, or come up with any sort of meaningful conclusion. Okay. Georgia's Secretary of the State releases a phone call he had with Trump. Uh, do we know if it's legal? And, and why would you do such a thing? I mean, I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know what crime that I know. That, I don't think there's any crime committed by anyone. Like, I've seen the left say something like, you know, that Trump committed a crime because he's trying to influence the election. I thought it, I mean, I read the transcript of the phone call. I thought it was pretty obvious that he's talking about when he says, quote unquote, finding votes, he's talking about finding unlawful votes, you know, votes by fraudulent, fraudulent absentee votes, votes from people who moved out of state, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, it, that, that's like the entire conversation. Nothing. If you read the whole conversation, there's no indication at all that he's trying to get, you know, like a, a Lyndon Johnson type situation where you're just discovering a ballot box that hadn't been discovered in the last two months full of, you know, the votes you needed. That's not what's going on. Um, as for Raffensperger, I mean, I don't know that he committed a crime either. I mean, Georgia, as I've, you know, what, what, what I read on Twitter, you know, take that for what it's worth, is that Georgia is a one-party consent state for audio recording. So I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't have permission to release it, you know, something with the president. I mean, their executive privilege wouldn't be operable. Like Raffensperger is not a White House official. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's a crime either way there. Uh, I don't think very highly of Raffensperger for releasing that phone call. I think it's really tacky. I don't think, you know, it's not not very Republican to be go leaking things to the Washington Post against the sitting Republican president. So why do it? Explain it to me. I don't understand it. He's surely a man who needs Republican support in Georgia. Just politically, it, it's dumb, let alone being a bad person. It, it's dumb, right? I mean, you know, why, why did Bill Kristol become just found the bulwark? Why did all these people? I mean, there's some weird like. Trump just, I mean, we, we called it Trump derangement syndrome for a reason. It still, it still happens. Like the guy has an impact on certain people and, and just makes them do things they wouldn't otherwise do. Um, I mean, like I'm, I'm still, it's still, and it's still working. Even, you know, we're, we're two weeks away from um, a, an exceedingly likely Biden inauguration and, and the Democrats are still already talking about like impeach him for this phone call. It's there. There's something about the guy. He just, his, his affect, his way of being, there's a certain subset of the population that just doesn't react to it very well. Is it that or is it just that he's a Republican and the system is so Democrat now, any Republican is going to be met with this? I mean, it's it's starting to feel that way. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I'm like there's there's an outside chance that there's like something of a return to normalcy. I don't know if you saw this, this clip that gave me like I thought it gave me like a silver lining, but it was Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler talking about how terrible Antifa was and the need to crack down on these lawless anarchists. And I was like, huh. You know, maybe maybe they'll start, you know, not not fully normal, but just, you know, back to, you know, I guess five years ago reality where they didn't like it when criminals, you know, destroyed like city streets. Maybe 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 who knows? Maybe the Democrats just will start acting normal. I wouldn't bet on it. I bet on other things, but I wouldn't bet on it. Don't you think they're they have to face a political reality at some point? I mean, if you're the Democrats of New York City, Portland, Seattle, all these cities who've been I, I mean, they've. 
the cities have been raised to the ground by these scumbags. Don't you have to know at some point people are just going to toss me out of office? But isn't it just that simple? I think it's that simple. And it's also, I mean, we, you know, I think a really interesting story, if you're looking for one in 2021, is what happens to all these cities when their budgets just have this massive COVID-19 shaped hole in them. Uh, you know, there, there's not just the problem of all the lost business and from the lockdowns, but all the people who moved out. Who, no, there's a massive exodus from New York City. I left Washington, D.C. I thought the one-two punch of the riots and COVID is enough to make major cities just really unpleasant to live in. And uh, you got to think, especially with work from home, that people kind of like looking out at green space in their backyard, as I'm doing right now, and aren't really inclined to return to the city anytime soon. Okay, what do they do on a practical level? Sitting aside Republican, Democrat, you're sitting down, you're the mayor of D.C., Portland, whatever it is, you have a budget, you don't have a money printing machine like the feds do, you have massive shortfalls, can you borrow your way out of it? If not, what are you slashing? How does that work as a mayor? Right. I mean, well, first, you, you're borrowing, right? You're going to rely on the municipal bond market because, I mean, you, you instantly try and do a tax increase right now. You're just going to lose your residence, whatever remaining high net worth residence you have. Um, I've seen very intelligent mayors, people like Francis Suarez out in Miami, who's out there like on Twitter trying to court tech, you know, tech giants and big companies to come to a city. Um, you try and make your city as business friendly as possible. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, these big cities have been insulated from competition because the businesses are so stuck there. Nobody feels like they could move. But we're transitioning to this era where, you know, work from home for a lot of these, like, especially like the, the white collar jobs is just so viable that, uh, you know, you, you know the, suddenly the cities have to compete for their residents, which I think hopefully will lead to good governance across the board. I mean, that, that's the kind of competitive pressure that New York hasn't felt in a long time that Washington, D.C. hasn't felt in a long time, and I think might actually lead to, you know, better outcomes for for citizens. Well, I'm worried that we're going to have somebody, uh, a politician of note, whether it be Republican or Democrat, be killed, frankly. I'm worried about that. I think there's a level of anger and desperation right now in this country that I haven't seen in quite a while. Am I nuts, or, or does that sound like something you could see happening? No, I'm I'm worried about it too. Um, you know, there's like, I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing crazy stuff come out from both directions here. There, I mean, there's uh, like, you know, our our side is not. I mean, in the last couple of months, there's been some stuff coming from from our general side that has not been kind of ugly. Like, there's you know, I mean, accusations of like Mike Pence being a traitor, for example. I thought that was just absolutely asinine. Um, and so I, I don't know. I'm worried. I think I think it could come from either direction at this point, and I don't I don't really like it. I think. You know, we, you know, hopefully, hopefully things calm down. I think that would be probably, you know, because you know, we, I mean, I know you, you, you're an advocate of, I think, peaceful separation because you probably see the same problem I, I have. Civil war is a bad thing. Yes. A very, very bad 100%. thing that no one should want. Yeah. Yeah. I think the people who push for that or talk lovingly about it do not fully understand what that means. Much, much better yeah, to go I our mean, separate ways. Will Chamberlain, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me. How about that? Yeah, I saw, I saw the Mike Pence is a traitor and will be put on trial and be executed. There's this. I'm not even. That's not even calling out an individual. And I'm finally going to get to the two pay story in a second. But that's not even trying to call out an individual. It's just that kind of talk is increasing and increasing and increasing. And look, the words come first. They're often followed by actions at some point. All right. Let's deal with this toupee. Hang on.
Doctors Trusted CBD Company. Here's what they did. They went out and researched the CBD industry. And let me tell you something. I've been using CBD for quite a while with mixed results. And you know why the results were mixed? I know this now. Because all CBD is not the same. The CBD you buy at the Ratty Corner Store is not the same as the CBD you can get from Doctors Trusted CBD Company. All that's tested. All that's the best. There are different potency levels, different quality levels, just like anything else. Now, my CBD, it works for me every single time. And we know natural medicines and holistic healing approaches alleviate the things that plague us. Many things. Go. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 5% off and a free lip balm. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. Gotta keep doing that. I gotta ask you with the combination of the more virulent strain that's out there, um, that maybe, and, 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 and we're still learning more, and I, I know you don't have full answers to this either, but it may essentially uh, mean that uh, a contagious person um, uh, infects five people instead of two or, or something like that. Um, are we looking at a campaign when President Bi- uh, elect Biden becomes president, are we going to need to do another 15 to 30 days, stop the spread, maybe do a, a partial lockdown uh, w- between the, the, that um, issue and obviously what's happening now? And it looks like hospitals, they were overwhelmed in November, Dr. Fauci. What's going to happen at the end of January? Yeah. Well, I hope we don't have to do the lockdown because of the of we all know, Chuck, how much COVID-19 fatigue there is of, of people just really being worn down with this. But we certainly need to enhance and make more uniform our public health measure. Uh, President-elect Biden has called for 100 days of everybody wearing a mask uniformly throughout the country. That's really a good start. The idea about locking down is something that you might have to do, but you want to avoid. In certain areas of the country, such as in California, which is really being stressed with regard to the hospital beds and the personnel who are really getting exhausted with the number of cases that are coming in, you may have to have, and they already have decided, on some form of lockdown and I want you to understand that coronavirus is the greatest thing that ever happened to Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci is never going to go on TV ever and say, you know, I think it's over. I think we're done with this thing. Don't invite me on anymore, Chuck. I am done with the celebrity life. Never. He has no motivation to say that. He'll be a millionaire by the time this is done, if he isn't already. This thing has been wonderful for him. Headline from KARK.com. I'm just going to call it Kark, Chris, because it makes me feel good. Man tried to smuggle $34,000 worth of cocaine under his toupee. A Colombian man was detained in Barcelona 
after he reportedly tried to smuggle $35,000 worth of cocaine under a poorly fitted toupee. They actually include a picture of it if you want to go on KARK.com. It really is not. It's not good. Police said the man caught their attention when he arrived on a flight from Bogota on June 18th and appeared nervous. Doctors had the man remove his wig and found a package stuck to his head, about $35,000 worth of cocaine. There's no limit to the inventiveness of drug traffickers trying to mock controls, the Spanish National Police said in a statement. One, it's a little cold-hearted. They made him take a picture with the cocaine still on his head. Like they had one picture with just the cocaine there and then a pic- another picture with the cocaine and the toupee just for maximum humiliation effect. <laughs> Two. Two. You've heard about the inventiveness of these cocaine smugglers. I, I, Escobar from back in the day. This We told this story before. It's one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life. I mean, uh, Understanding that drug trafficking is bad, okay, I get that, but he would have his people go out to barges in Colombia that were heading to America, and without anyone on the barge knowing about it, he would have them attach with electric magnets gigantic pipes to the bottom of the ship full of cocaine. And then it would cross over, and as it crosses into Miami, he would have people in Miami hit a button on a remote that disabled the magnets, dropping the pipes to the bottom of the ocean, and then would have scuba divers go out and get the pipes and bring them back in. That is a level of inventiveness that is is absolutely it's stunning. The things smugglers are able to pull off, the things they do, it's stunning. They used to uh, they used to haul cocaine in jeans, and you had to like put the jeans through a process. It would just look like a normal pair of jeans. You had to put it through a process to get the cocaine out when it got here. How low on the drug smuggling run do you have to be to be the guy who gets one bag under his toupee? <laughs> Not that I think we need more advanced drug dealers out there, but man, you are, that's bottom of the barrel stuff. That is bottom of the barrel stuff. Remember, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can send in your Ask Dr. Jesse emails. You can also send in, I want the dumbest thing you've ever done while under the influence of alcohol. Try to keep it PG. If not, I will edit it to keep it PG. That actually might be really funny or maybe the worst request I've ever put out there and we'll forget I ever did it. We'll see what the email inbox looks like in the morning. Don't forget. iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes, the Jesse Kelly shows podcasted on all those right after the show was done. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star review on iTunes, leave a review Talking about how handsome I am. It's important, Chris. Don't slough it off. It's important. It was quite a show. Opened up the show talking about Warsaw, the Poles and the Russians, the birds and the bees conversation with the boys. (laughs) Hang on.
Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Yes, I saw the story of Chicago ending 2020 with 769 homicides as, well, of course, the headline says as gun violence surges. It always has to be gun violence. That is, of course, from the AP. Look, it's a bunch of weakness. It was a bunch of politicians in the wake of the George Floyd killing, Republicans too, running around acting like the cops were the problem in the poor urban communities when the cops are not the problem. And yes, I love cops, but I'm not this diehard cop defender to the end. If cops do something wrong, I'm happy to call it out. But to say the cops are the problem in the urban communities is just simply false. And now these poor people who still live there are dying because of that cowardice. Cowardice kills. Very few had the guts in the beginning to stand up and say, uh, no, the cops are not the problem. That's this uh, defund the police thing, probably wrong. But here we are. Here we are. That's all. Jesse Kelly show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's ah, bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.